Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and today I'm joined by a man who definitely would not have shown up to my apartment next weekend if I slept with socks on. Ben O'Brien, how are you doing? Trevor, I'm fantastic. And, and it, I mean, this is like just common knowledge, and I know if Brandon's listening, like he agrees with us 100%. But if you sleep with socks on, like that's just weird, man. Like I just, I cannot get behind people sleeping with socks on. I've never understood it. And here's what I told you trevor like i could take a nap maybe with socks on i could fall asleep with socks on but if you're going to bed for the night for eight hours let's say with socks on like i just can't trust you i can't do it there's definitely that's a big red flag for me if you wear if you voluntarily fall asleep with socks on like that's just i don't know it's it gives bad vibes it gives bad energy and yeah trevor i mean we're going to be in chicago next weekend if you would have told me that you sleep with socks on I don't. I think that's a. I think that's a, a no deal for me. I don't think I could show up because it means that you're kind of weird. It means you're probably creepy. I don't think I could trust you um, in your apartment if you're sleeping with socks on. So I'm glad that you do not. That means that we can go to Chicago. I know Brandon will agree with me, even though he's not here. Um, shocker. The dude's taking like ten weeks off this summer, but it is what it is. I hope he's having fun, um, not being with us. But I think it's safe to say that we can now show up next weekend. Um, so that means if you're listening, the next episode that you hear next week. There will be four of us, and we will all be in one room for the first time in, what, Trevor? Two years? Over two years, I guess. Yeah, well, the last time I saw you is when we went golfing back in, uh, what was that? Yeah, you're right. That was before I came to move. So that was in 2020. It was 2020. Yeah, it was like fall of 2020. Yeah, almost two years ago when we went golfing. Man, that's crazy. And you and Brandon did uh, way better than me. I, I had like a 15-stroke handicap, I think, something like that, compared right. to you guys. We should do that again, though. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it have was you been, a lot of fun. Have, how many times have you been golfing since then, Trevor, would you say? Like less than 10, do you think? I, I don't think I've been since because I don't, I don't <laughs> you have – haven't been golfing since? I, I haven't been since because I don't have clubs here. Um, yeah, okay. I'm trying to think. Have I went any time that I've – the only time I would have went is if I would have went home and, and golfed. But I don't think I did yeah. while I was home at any time. So, no, I so think that's the last time Trevor. I went. When, when you – whenever you go home next, whenever that is. I mean, I guess it's got to be when it's warm out. But whenever you go home next, we're going to we're gonna make a, a trip where you and Brandon are going to meet. And we're going to meet somewhere in, I don't know, somewhere in Ohio where we can all golf again. Because that was fun. I want to do that again. Yeah, that was absolutely. Fun. And not to mention that Brandon beat me that day, and I, I, I don't want him to beat me again. So, I need to play. <laughs> yeah, you got to get your redemption for sure. I know. Yeah. Well, we we have a good podcast for you guys today. Uh, it might be a little bit shorter. Uh, we only have a couple things to talk about, but uh, that allows us to go more in depth with those things. So, you know, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about today is the TBT, the basketball tournament. It's been going on, um, and now uh, I believe we started with what we started with sixty-four teams, right, Ben? Is that correct? Yeah, sixty-four teams, just like a just like a normal turn, normal March Madness tournament, sixty-four. Which is well, which is of, really awesome because yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's really awesome because this is obviously a lot more teams than they've ever had. Uh, typically, it's I think maybe they've had thirty-two in past years. It started with with very few, and they've been doing this now for. Uh, quite a while. I mean, it's been going on for a, for a while now. I remember watching the TBT in the early days when it first started up, and it's always like an interesting thing. Like if you're really if you're a big basketball fan, like I am, and like Ben is, uh, and you're like, we don't have any basketball. Like college basketball ended in March, the NBA ended in June. Like we have no basketball, and they bring you more basketball in July. So it's it's so great. You know, it kind of fills that void for basketball fans out there. So you know, I I've enjoyed the tournament. I haven't caught a ton of games. Um, 
but definitely I've been following it, kind of keep it up and seeing like who's doing well, um, you know, what's going on. You know, obviously a lot of these teams are playing for different charities. Uh, we have one of those teams in the championship game, uh, the Americana for Autism team. Um, and they are going to be playing the Blue Collar, I believe, Blue Collar University, which is the uh, Buffalo alumni. I think the Americana team is, is compiled up of a bunch of different players from many different uh, universities. It's not one specific school, but that's the championship team. Both of these teams have play, been playing very well throughout. Um, unfortunately, Ben, uh, Blue Collar U just took out your uh, you know, Red Scare, the Dayton alumni, um, who took out my uh my my team best virginia yeah so you know we had a bet on the line and you won the bet ben red mm -hmm. scare beat I best did. virginia um you know it was kind of a just a, just a very stagnant offensive performance from best virginia in that game and red scare they really they really took it home they took over uh scoochie smith he was the driving force he played very well and now i i owe you a beer ben i i lost the bet so i owe you a beer next weekend Absolutely, and now I'll point out you're the one that you you're the one that brought up this bet. I wanted no part of it. Um, I even tried to get some points with with this bet. I tried to get Dayton plus two or whatever. But um, to be fair, I it really I mean like West Virginia was essentially playing a true road game. I mean because you're playing in Dayton in front of five thousand Dayton fans. Like it really like that's so not fair, but it is what it is. Um, it was a close game though. It was it was definitely a close game. Um, and I'll tell you, like I told you before, Trevor, that West Virginia team was really good. Like they, I do absolutely think that they could have won this whole tournament. I mean, they they've been fantastic the whole tournament. Obviously, it's West Virginia, so they're gonna have good talent. They're gonna have good players. They're gonna have knowledgeable players. Um, I was very impressed with 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 both those teams in that game. I think that they both played a, a pretty decent game. Um, and again, just in in the in a broader sense of this tournament, like you like you kind of you kind of started with this tournament, like from where it started to where it is now, it's insane how much it's grown. And I was listening to a podcast maybe a week or two ago with the like the creator of this, like the CEO of, of TBT, the founder of it. And he was talking about how basically the whole tournament started with just him and his friends discussing if they had a random basketball tournament in the middle of the summer where there was like a $50 million uh, prize for the winning team, who, do you think that they could get like the top NBA players to play? And that was kind of like the joke, like how much money would it take for LeBron to want to play in this tournament? How much money would he have to win? And that's kind of where the idea started. If we do this tournament in the middle of July where there's really not a lot of sports going on, just baseball really, um, can we get some big-name basketball players to play? And again, like it started maybe not that way, but as it's evolved, again, you got teams that play for some sort of charity, and then you got a lot of alumni teams where you get guys that play together um, or maybe from different generations of these colleges or maybe a group of colleges to form a team. It's become this awesome event that I look forward to every summer, and maybe, again, that helps because I have a team to root for inherently. But um, just as a basketball fan, really, like a lot of times, Trevor, as a college basketball fan, it's fun to see these names that you might have not seen in five to ten years in some instances. Um, it's cool to see them play and, and kind of bring back the memories of, of what you saw in them, maybe in, in the March Madness or in, um, in their conference tournament or on, in the regular season on their college team. So it really is cool to see that. And, again, like – to see it grown from, they used to be playing all these games in these high school gyms, and now they're playing in, in you know some college arenas. Obviously, Dayton's arena is where the Final Four and the championship is, but Wichita had six, seven thousand fans in their arena when they were hosting um, a game earlier. So it, it really has evolved, and I think it's going to continue to evolve. Um, again, the creator of this whole tournament said his ultimate goal is still to make the prize bigger than what it is now, which is one million dollars. So I do think if this can continue to grow and they have a great 
uh, TV deal with ESPN. I do think that they can they can continue to raise this prize money. It's been at one million dollars this whole time, um, but I do think the competition is getting better, and the um, the amount of exposure that these players realize they can get by playing in this it's growing. And I I would not be surprised if you see that one million dollar prize, Trevor, in the very you know, in the coming years, maybe grow up to two, three, four million dollars because. Um, I think that this tournament's going to continue to grow, and I hope it does. Because again, it's an awesome thing to watch at the end of July when I don't feel like watching baseball. So it, I mean, again, like I can't say enough about it. A fantastic tournament. The teams are great. The quality of play is great, um, and I've enjoyed every second of it this year and the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100. percent I definitely see. I mean, it's already been growing a lot. I think it's going to continue to do so. And just in addition, it's it's so great to see so many of these players that we have memories of, of watching maybe for good yeah. reasons, maybe for bad reasons uh, with Absolutely. like CJ, CJ Massenburg from Buffalo, for example, oh, bad reasons, yeah. I would say, uh, because yeah, us, you know definitely. he's just bad reasons for us as Bowling Green fans uh, and alumni. So, but yeah, so, so many players, I mean, I could just go down the line, like, you know, you watched uh, your Red Scare beat T, uh, TMT with Jimmer Fredette. Obviously we know the Jimmer mm-hmm. Fredette days with BYU I, you know, saw a bunch of clips. Uh, Jacob Pullen, the Kansas State legend, he was so good at Kansas State. And seeing yeah. him back out there hitting a game winner in a TBT game just brought back some good memories. And then obviously for me, the the West Virginia guys for sure. Um, so it's just, it's really great to see a lot of these players that we, you know, had great memories of watching. And the fact that they're playing for, you know, these charities and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it, it just makes it that much better. So really, you know, enjoyable uh, to watch these games. And we have the championship game on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, I think 8 p.m. Eastern time. That will be, again, the uh, Blue Collar U, the Buffalo Alumni versus Americana for Autism. So should be a good championship game there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of it for the TBT. Uh, you know, and it's interesting because we have, even in addition to TBT, we have other, like, basketball events going on, too. Like, last night yeah. um, in the crossover, which is, like, uh, Jamal Crawford's event, former former L.A. Clipper. Um, they had, like, Chet Holmgren was playing in it, Paolo, and, and Jaden McDaniels were all playing in this, like, uh, in this game for the crossover. So there's so many things, uh, so many different basketball events that are going on. Um, it's just, it's fun to see like basketball never stops. It's a, uh, 12 mm-hmm. months out of the year sport. It, it's constant. So very interesting. Yeah. But, um, so th- that's kind of what we have with uh basketball. Now we're going to get straight into our main topic, Ben, uh, another division preview we have here, uh, the NFC North. That's what we're going to be previewing today. The NFC North, obviously the Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions, uh, should be an interesting one. Not a super strong division, um, but no. nevertheless, I live here in the Chicago area, and uh, the Bears, obviously, I, I have a lot of Bears fans in my life, so, you know, I don't know about how the Bears are going to do this year, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess we, we could start with the team that's been, uh, that was the division winner last year in the Packers, Ben, so what, what yeah. are you kind of thinking about the Packers um, going into this season? So, I mean, I think the biggest thing, obviously, is, like, you don't have Devontae Adams anymore, right? So, you don't have maybe your best player other than Aaron. Your best player other than Aaron Rodgers is gone. So, and again, like, Aaron Rodgers, I've already seen so many clips of him being asked about, well, how are you going to replace Devontae Adams, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, obviously, like, you can't. It's hard to replace Devontae Adams. But the Packers still have talent. They still have a good defense. They have a great secondary they had last year that I expect to be um, just as good this year. And they still have weapons on offense. 
Um, they, you know, they still have A.J. Dillon. They still have Lazard. They still have weapons on offense. Yeah, they don't, they don't have Devontae Adams. But as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, I think you absolutely have a chance to win this division. And again, especially in the NFC North that really hasn't been great in a while. I mean, the Lions haven't been good in, in a few years. The Bears haven't been good really since 1985. Um, and the Vikings have really been really the only true competition for the Packers in these last five, six years. So, I, I again, like I think people are trying – to maybe find reasons why the Packers are not going to win this division, but I still think it's going to be very unlikely for them not to win this division. I mean, again, they, they have Aaron Rodgers, and as long as you have one of the best, I mean, maybe not best, one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, um, I think you have a great shot to win a, win a weak division. So, and again, like the Packers, they're, what'd you say their they're over-under is, Trevor? Like 10 and a half? Is that what you said? Yeah, so the Packers' uh, over-under is at 10 and a half. Yeah, so ten and a half. Like I, I feel like I got to take the over. I mean, in this division, I, I, I think that they will definitely win eleven games. They might win 12, 13 games. Again, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see if the Devontae Adams thing is is a bunch of nothing, or if it is something. If it's, if it's clear in the first couple of games that Aaron Rodgers is frustrated and that he just doesn't have um, a, a a true number one option on this team. I think that he will make it work again. He's a magician. He find he, he gets people open. His accuracy is insane. It's just if you're slightly open, he will get you the ball. So I think that in terms of Devontae Adams, yes, it's a huge loss, but they will be okay. It will not be the end of the world for them. So I think that they will ab- absolutely go over 10 and a half. Um, I guess if I had to give an official prediction, I think that they'll still win. I'll say 12 games. I think that they can still absolutely go 12 and five, even without Devontae Adams. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like the like the Packers, I think, have to be the favorite in this division still uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they still have a lot of the pieces with their offense despite losing Devontae Adams. Um, you know, their defense was, was pretty good as well last year. So overall, you look at this team, and I, I think they got to be the favorite. You know, I, I do – I will say something you said. I got to stand up for uh, some of the Bears fans here. They did make a Super Bowl in 2006, <laughs> Ben. Uh, Bear, if Bears fans are listening, they'll, they'll, be, yes, they'll you're be screaming right. I forgot about at that. their – They'll be screaming at their sorry. phone wanting me to point that out. So I got to point that out, Ben. They did make that a Super fair. Bowl. Yes. Uh, Rex Grossman, the legend. Um, but anyway, yeah. with the Packers, I mean, I – so, yes, I do think they're going to win the division. I think we agree on that. Um, last season they won 13 games. I don't think they'll get there. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Um, but I do think they can get to probably 11. 11 is probably what I would lean toward, um, getting just slightly on the over – um, but, it, but I don't know. I think the Packers really kind of, they may have missed their window here because they have been to quite a few NFC championship games. I mean, back to back years, yes. they've been to the NFC championship game, losing pretty brutal losses both times. Uh, this past year, I think was even more brutal than the Bucks loss because they only scored 10 points in the game. A lot of the errors were due to special teams and on paper. Yeah. I mean, you look at everything, uh, here, like. The Packers absolutely should have beaten the 49ers. The fact that they didn't, I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a very good game. They couldn't get an offensive rhythm going. I get that the Niners' defense is really good. I know, yes, it's, it's a good defense. It's formidable. But if you're Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Matt LaFleur is the coach with this offense, you got to put some points on the board. It's just, you know, it's just a given. You have to do that in this position. Um, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what the expectation is. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has shown that, you know, how good of a quarterback he is. He won MVP. Like, you look at everything across the board, they should have won that game. They should have scored more points, but they didn't. And now they're coming back to a situation where um, 
uh, their their team is not quite as good. Their team is not quite as good. Now, the thing they have going for them, um, not only in this division, because it's a weak division, but also in their entire conference, is that the conference isn't super strong. Like, I think the conference probably got a little worse. Meanwhile, the AFC got better. So the path here for the Packers to winning the division doesn't seem very difficult. And the path for the Packers to getting to the Super Bowl seems viable, for sure. It, it definitely does. I mean, if they can win 11, maybe 12 games like like you think, um, they could get you know a two-seed, maybe even a one-seed. And at that point, then maybe they have home field again, possibly. And it's just another chance where they're in a pretty good situation here uh, to make the Super Bowl. Will they do it? I don't know. They've proven again and again that they, they continue to fall short, so maybe they will again. But that's what the Packers have when you look at uh, their coaching, their roster. They have the pieces to still win the NFC, um, but uh, we'll have to see if they actually do. Um, and so here, Trevor, real quick, sorry, Packers, not, not, to, not, yeah. to, not to interrupt you here, just real quick on the Packers, because I do think that they deserve probably to be talked about the most just because they are the class of the division. But like that whole comment you made, and I agree with you about their window closing. Like, and again, this is a conversation that that people that don't like the Packers like to bring up. But like, let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl win. So if we're looking at like the grand scheme of things here, and we're talking legacy, because again, like he's not getting any younger. His his career is winding down. Dude's got he's been to one Super Bowl. He's got one Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is running out of time. That window for him personally is absolutely closing. And losing Devonta Adams is, does not help his chances of getting to another one. Obviously, again, Tom Brady entering the NFC was not good for him. Um, and then, like you said, that game against the 49ers was a disaster. But, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers understands the pressure of if he really wants to be considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Again, like I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. But with one Super Bowl, like I mean, that's some legacy-defining stuff that he just has not gotten through that that hurdle of the NFC playoffs so I do think that's something that that always comes up when the Packers start a new season is is this going to be the year that they finally get back to the Super Bowl it's been over 10 years at this point um and I, I promise you that Aaron Rodgers is aware of that and that's on his mind and that's something that he takes personally and that chip on his shoulder is the fact that he understands that he probably needs another Super Bowl if he really wants to be considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time yeah absolutely um you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see with the packers this season uh but next up we have i'm gonna go with the minnesota vikings they did finish second in the nfc north last year at eight and nine and this minnesota team is is just really interesting to me and they were very last year i i couldn't figure them out they were one of those teams where it's like mm -hmm. when you think okay actually i i watched a little bit of minnesota they look really good. Like, I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can go in a run here. And then as soon as they, they kind of reel you in, you think, oh, Minnesota's good. Then they just go and they lose to a team that just, like, sucks. Or they, they go and lay an egg, and it's like, oh, wait, actually, uh, never mind. Never mind. The Vikings aren't very good, actually. Um, and it's constantly, like, a back and forth. It's like a teeter-totter, which kind of, again, they're 8-9. and that, that makes them end up somewhere around the middle. Um, but they do have a lot of talent, like Kirk Cousins – is a good quarterback. Um, he's not an elite quarterback, but he is very good. You look at his numbers, look at his stats. Looks looks really good, really solid across the board. Looks like he can be a really good quarterback. Um, and then, you know, occasionally you'll get to moments maybe late in games here or there where maybe he throws a big interception, maybe he may, makes a mistake, fumbles the ball, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, the Vikings, whether it's him, whether it's the play calling, um, whatever, whatever you want to blame it on, somehow the Vikings 
manage a way to uh, make a mistake in the biggest moment. They lose a game. You know, something goes wrong. So we're going to see if they can fix that. They got to fix the play calling, the coaching, definitely some issues there. Um, And then Kirk Cousins has to be consistent across the board. He has to be a guy who not only can, you know, have uh, great games, you know, in in moments that are, you know, just – he's got to be more consistent. It's got to be every single week. He's got to be more consistent and they have the talent to be a really good team. I mean, this team could, this team could win the division. They absolutely could. Um, their over under is at nine and a half. I think that's a pretty decent number. Um, I, I think, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to trust the Vikings that I kind of lean under and I kind of think they will be right around nine, but on paper, you look at the talent you look at like you know they like the running backs. I mean Dalvin Cook. Like you have Justin Jefferson. You look across the board, the team should be really good. Um, it's just it's just a matter of putting all the pieces together and really uh, shoring up their play calling. The coaching has to be better um, across the board, and they have made some moves um, in that. Obviously, um, but we'll have to see. I mean Mike Zimmer is now gone. Uh, now they have Kevin O'Connell, 37-year-old, first-time head coach. Um, obviously, he he came from the Rams, so we'll see if that that Rams winning pedigree. I mean, sorry to bring this up, Ben. They just won the Super Bowl, uh, but Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, we know he's coming on the Vikings. We'll see if he can kind of have that the winning uh, approach. We'll see if that can rub off on the players of the Vikings, and we'll see if they can translate that talent into um, making the playoffs, into potentially winning the NFC North. Uh, but what do you think about the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, like you said, so Zimmer out, O'Connell in. Um, I like that move. They're, they're shifting from Zimmer was was has always been and always will be a defensive minded coach. They're shifting to an offensive minded coach, which I think most NFL teams are. If you look at most head coaches nowadays in the NFL, most of them come from offensive backgrounds. Um, again, like the the discussion with the Vikings for the last I don't know however many years, five years, and probably more like three or four, has been Kirk Cousins. Can Kirk Cousins be the good Kirk Cousins that we've seen at times? His his inconsistency has been the downfall for that franchise for a while now. Like at, at times he looks like a a capable top, I don't know, 15, 12 to 15 quarterback in the NFL, but at other times he looks like a bottom tier quarterback. So if Kirk Cousins can get the ball to his playmakers, the Vikings have plenty of playmakers. They have Dalvin they have, excuse me, Dalvin Cook, a top 5 running back in the NFL. They have Justin Jefferson, probably a top five wide receiver in the NFL. They have Adam Thielen, which is, if you're looking at number two wide receivers, like he's probably one of the best number two receivers you could have. Um, they have playmakers on offense. If Kirk Cousins can get them the ball, they can score a lot of points. Again, offensive-minded coach, I do think that that is going to be beneficial for them. I do think that that is going to help. O'Connell has experienced coaching quarterbacks I do think that he will be an asset for Kirk Cousins this year and I expect their offense to be better than it has been in the past um, again with with Mike Zimmer not being there anymore defensively I do think that they have issues um, but I, I I agree with you Trevor I think that that nine and a half number is obviously again like people that make these are good at their job it's pretty accurate I do think they'll be right around there if I had to pick if you're going to make me pick I'm probably gonna go under, but I think it'll be nine. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna go under 500. I guess if they go eight, eight and nine is under 500. But I don't think there's any any way that they have a worse record than last year. I think that they have the opportunity to improve. Um, I could see them winning nine, maybe ten games. Again, my I guess my official prediction will be nine games. 
but I expect them to be better, it, especially on offense. Especially on offense, I do think O'Connell will make a big difference on that offense. Offensive line has been kind of an issue. I don't think it's great. I'm not going to act like I know a lot about their offensive line. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's great either. Um, but I expect their offense to score points. Again, they have weapons. If Kirk Cousins can get the weapons of the ball, if they can effectively run an efficient offense in this division, playing the Bears twice, playing the Lions twice, they can win games, and I expect them to win some games this year. So I'll say 9-8. and eight. That's my official prediction. Um, they absolutely have an opportunity to win this division. It really has been a two-team division for the last so many years, and the Vikings have always kind of been right there. Um, it's been a few years since they've been able to really overtake the Packers. Are they going to do it this year? Probably not, but I think it'll be competitive. I would not be surprised if they maybe steal a game from the Packers this year. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that'll be interesting, and I and I do think it's going to be a close race. I, I really do. I, I do still have the Packers, but again, I think uh, we'll see a close race. We we I definitely wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings end up pulling this division out. Uh, but let's go with the next team, um, the Bears. The Bears finished six and eleven last year. Um, their over-under for this upcoming year is set at six and a half. Um, now, the Bears, obviously, you know, they got rid of their general manager. They got rid of Matt Nagy, the coach. Um, they they now have uh, new new GM, Ryan Poles, new head coach, Matt Eberflus. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Eberflus, uh, coming from the Colts as the defensive coordinator. Now he's with the Bears. And with the Bears, I mean, it's still the same – the the major the main issue that they had last year is still there in terms of their roster their offensive line it's still a huge issue um you know like and that's going to be the ultimate Achilles heel for the Bears I mean until they're able to really improve their offensive line it's just going to be hard to know what Justin Fields is capable of I mean it, it's just so unfortunate I really worry about the Bears this year and I worry about Justin Fields because. I, I don't want to see his confidence go down. I, I want to see Justin Fields in the best situation possible for him. I want to see him do well, but the Bears still haven't been able to really sharp the offensive line yet, um, so it, it could create some more issues. Um, maybe he'll be able to improvise a little bit more. Obviously, he'll have a year of experience under his belt, you know, uh, improvise a little bit more and, you know, be able to deal with some of those situations a little bit better despite the fact that he's going to have, you know, defense events coming at him within three, four – Two, like a two seconds or whatever. Um, maybe he'll be able to do a little bit better job, but that's going to be an issue until they improve that. It's going to severely limit um, their offense. And bringing in uh, Matt Eberflus, I mean, he's a defensive coordinator. So, you know, you still yeah. don't have a guy who can be like, I mean, I don't know. They they have a new play caller. It looks like uh, Luke Getzky, I, I guess, is going to be their offensive coordinator. I don't know much about him, um, but you got to have a guy that's going to come in there and is going to really give Justin Fields the freedom to kind of do things that are that are best suited for him, give him some opportunities. You don't really have anything to lose if you're the Bears. So, you know, if you're giving him more uh, if you're giving him more plays that are passes down the field, take some more risks. The Bears were very conservative. You know, obviously they ran the ball a lot and, you know, that that's understandable. They do have a really good running unit. It's it's better than the receiving core, so it's understandable that they would want to run the ball with David Montgomery uh, and Khalil Herbert. I get it, but I do still think that you need to take some more risks. Let Justin Fields try to make some plays happen. Don't just give these dump-off little screens, these little short six-yard passes here or there. 
that's just it's so uninteresting. Give Justin Fields a shot to show what he can do. Try to try to mix up the playbook, and I don't know. We're we're gonna have to see how it goes. Um, but I think anything. Ha- I think it has to be better than what Matt Nagy did because what Matt Nagy did yeah. was utterly just like an atrocity. It was bad. Watching some of those Bear games, Bears games last year and seeing the plays that were being called, I was like, what is this? Like, I've never watched, again, I don't mean to, don't mean to bring this up, but I've watched a lot of Tom Brady and Patriots teams throughout my throughout my life. So watching this Bears team play, I was just like, what is this? This is NFL football? This is, a fo- this is an NFL football team? I just couldn't understand it, um, and they really need to uh, figure it out. Now, um, I, well, I guess the last thing to say on their offense is they did lose Allen Robinson uh, and yeah. as well. They brought in... Byron Pringle. So it seems like the receiving core probably got worse. I mean, they still have Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney, but the fact that their receiving core gets worse, that's not good. Um, and then on the defense, you know, they had an all right defense last year. Um, you know, in past years, they've had some pretty decent defenses, despite the fact that their offense has been atrocious for four, five, six years now. Um, and I think it'll just continue to be all right. I think it'll be decent. But ultimately, the offense, they have to improve the offense. you got to put up points. Again, we were just talking about the Vikings um, and their approach with a new, uh, like like an offensive-minded guy in Kevin O'Connell. The Bears don't have that guy. They don't ha- they're not taking that approach. And I just think they're going to be left behind in today's NFL with that kind of thinking. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about the Bears? So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, with everything you said, Trevor, especially I mean, in terms of like Justin Fields. I mean— I think it's pretty clear. You just kind of broke down their their roster. Like, I don't think the expectations for them is very high this year. So let Justin Fields make plays. Like, I think him having a year where he can be free, let him do what he does best. I think that'll pay dividends down the line in experience. Like, I don't think you can expect to make the playoffs or, or make a Super Bowl run this year again. Like, nobody knows. I guess the new season, anything can happen. But I think you got to let Justin Fields do his thing. Give him the freedom. Um, because like you said, Trevor, in terms of weapons on the receiving core, they don't have any. I don't I don't know who these, these guys are that Justin Fields is going to throw to. They have David Montgomery, great running back. Okay, should have seen him in high school, Trevor. He was fantastic. Great athlete. But other than Fields and Montgomery, like their, their offense is not impressive. You said their offensive line. They just signed Riley Reef, who was on the Bengals last year. He missed like half the year. He's 33. He's, he's, he's hurt a lot. I don't know if that's going to necessarily help their O-line struggle. So they, they absolutely have a lot of issues in their roster. Defensively, again, they have issues. Let Justin Fields do his thing. I don't I don't see the downside in letting Justin Fields grow this year because I think it's pretty clear, again, that they're not going to have probably a great year. So why not let Justin Fields get experience that is going to be so valuable down the line? NFL has proven time and time again, pretty much since its existence, that the best way to get better in the NFL is you play in the NFL because it's very hard to replicate NFL experience without being on the field. Um, and again, it, 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 it can help to learn from other players, but Justin Fields being out there and, and, and going through the struggles, and he did it last year, not the whole year, but pretty much the whole year. Um, I, 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 I just cannot over or I cannot overstate how important it is to put him out there and just you know baptism by fire, let him learn. Um, through these growing pains, because there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be a lot of growing pains. Bears fans are going to be frustrated. They no longer have Matt Nagy to blame. they got to find someone else to blame when this season doesn't go great either. But you have a fantastic talent, a quarterback. Let him do his thing. Give him the opportunity to grow. 
Um, and maybe when we look back in three or four years at Justin Fields balling and the Bears being relevant, we will look and say that was worth it. So I don't expect the Bears to be great this year. Honestly, if you know, if you're going to give me if I if I had to make a prediction right now, I think they might finish last. I think the Bears might or the Lions might be better than the Bears this year. Um, I do not expect the, the the Bears to get to their whatever their projected win total is six or six and a half games. I think they'll be under. Um, I think, that, like you said, Trevor, they might have gotten worse from last year, and they were not good last year. It's going to be a long year. It might be a long couple of years for the Bears. But if they can start to grow a foundation to where in three or four years they can be really good with Justin Fields, I mean, they're going to have four years left on his rookie contract. Maybe by the end of his rookie contract, they'll have some weapons around him where, where they can they can be relevant. But as of right now, for 2022, not a lot out of the Bears. are probably not going to be fun to watch. I'm sorry if you're a Bears fan listening to this. Um, it's going to be a long year. Yeah, and their they're over-under was at 6.5, so I think on that I'd probably lean under. I think they're five yeah, games, maybe six. Uh, you know, we, we haven't talked much about the schedule, but the NFC North, uh, these teams all will play the NFC um they'll play what is it the nfc east which okay that's a little bit easier right so you can get some games yeah. from the commanders or the giants right you can get some games there but then they also play the afc east which i think is a is a pretty darn good division i mean the bills yeah, probably the best team in football the patriots dolphins jets not so much but uh they at least have three really solid pretty solid teams there in the afc east so i don't know i mean the bears are going to be able to get some games from teams um, again, they can get a game or two from the Lions. They can get maybe a game from the Vikings. And then you look elsewhere, like, okay, NFC East, maybe they get one or two games, and then maybe they beat the Jets. That's about five or six games. So I, that's kind of where I see them, ultimately. Um, but uh, lastly here, we have the Detroit Lions. Um, the Lions finished 3-13, and 13 and they had a tie. So 3-13-1. and one. Um, You know, the Lions... Uh, where do we start with the Lions? I mean, I think I think they did probably get better. I do. Um, and again, how do you not get better when you only win three games? Um, <laughs> right? So I, I think the Lions may have gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Jared Goff, a lot of it's going to depend on him. You know, he's quarterback. So we'll see. He definitely struggled early with Detroit last season. I think at times he was okay but usually those times were it was usually in garbage time like we would often see like the lions get down early they would get down big and then jared goff would like throw some touchdowns in garbage time maybe bring them within a touchdown and and maybe the the ending score wouldn't look as bad as yeah how, how most of the game actually looked uh stuff like that kind of occurred so jared goff did well at times um you know but uh, ultimately, he, he's not a great quarterback. He's not uh, a guy I think you probably want as your franchise quarterback. So that's no. you know something that the Lions will have to continue to deal with. Um, this organization in general, um, this this franchise is not a very good one. They're they're just known for for blowing bad losses. Um, they they just the setup here is they've been very bad for a while now. So seeing them moving forward here. It's going to be tough to see how they rebuild and how they get back in a position where they can be really competitive. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they have a little bit of talent. Like, you know, Goff has DeAndre Swift in the backfield. They got TJ Hawkinson, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown. So, like, they do have some guys here on the offense that are intriguing, interesting talents. Um, and how are they going to bring it all together? Well, that's that's kind of a, a different thing. It's it's kind of hard to see here with the Lions. 
Um, their over-under is at 6.5, so Vegas certainly thinks that they have gotten better, as I kind of was feeling as well. Um, I don't think they'll get that many wins. Um, I think they're right around probably 4 or 5. I think they're similar to the Bears. Um, the Bears might be a little bit better, just because I think the Bears have um, a more solid defense. With the Lions defense, I'm, I'm not confident in really at all. Um, whereas at least with the Bears, um, they're bringing in a defensive coordinator as their head coach. They do have some talented players on defense. Uh, I think they're going to be able to, like the Bears can probably get to the quarterback better than the Lions can. I think they can force pressure. I'm not as confident. I'm not as confident in that with the Lions, and I think that teams, uh, you know, opposing quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, for example, are just going to be able to pick them apart. Uh, more easily than the Bears. Therefore, I think the Bears are probably still a slightly better team. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on the Lions. I think they're right around four or five wins. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, the Lions are so tough. And there's not a fan base in the NFL that I feel bad for more than the Lions because the Lions have really struggled to be relevant like for a very, very long time, pretty much since they had Barry Sanders. And I'm not acting like I'm a fan of a historical franchise over here, like I'm a Bengals fan. But I feel very bad for Lions fans because, I mean, they haven't had shown promise in a while. Really not. I mean, I guess they showed a little promise with Stafford when they were making the playoffs. But, I mean, it. and I, I like Trevor in college, like I knew a couple Bears fans. And, like, even during the season, what they're talking about was who they're going to draft for the next season. Like, even during the NFL season, they're always looking forward to the next season and for the draft. They're always looking forward, which I can respect. And they're a very passionate fan base, but... I mean, this organization has had so many issues, and they've, they've had a lot of opportunities to be good. They've had a lot of first-round draft picks, a lot of early draft picks, and a lot of them just haven't panned out. Obviously, like you, Trevor, I mean, like it's got to start with Jared Goff, most important position on the field. I agree with you, Trevor. I, I don't think you can confidently say that he's a franchise quarterback. I think even Lions fans understand that. I mean, they lost one in Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff probably is not the answer long-term. But he is talented. He was a number one overall pick. He has talent. Is he going to win you a Super Bowl? No. But he is capable of making throws and getting balls to playmakers. Um, I don't know. I mean, in terms of Dan Campbell, I and I'm glad Brandon's not on here because Brandon has very strong opinions about Dan Campbell. Um, and I, I agree with him in, in some ways where players love him. I get that. Players love playing for him. He, he's such a football dude. He's, he's kind of weird. He's, he's quirky, but players really like that. They like his uniqueness to him. But in terms of schematically, I just don't think he's on the same level as a lot of other NFL players. If he can surround himself with, with coordinators, with assistants that, that really are, are on that high level of, of, of schematics and, and, and complexity to their offense and their defense and efficiency, then I get it. But in terms of his ability to run an NFL team in the year 2022 where it's so complex, you're throwing all these different defenses – um, and, and all these different formations on offense and all these different blocking schemes, I don't know if he is up to par with the rest of the NFL. I think that that might be hurting them as long as he's there. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on, on coaching or anything like that, but it's just something I've picked up, in picked up on in terms of Dan Campbell and the Lions. Um, back on the field again, like they have DeAndre Swift. They have some talent. All right. They, again, they they drafted Panay Sewell. They they have Jeff Akuda from Ohio State from a couple years ago. They have talent on the field. It's still a lot of it is still young talent, and a lot of it is still developing. But that's been the issue is that they've had developing talent for a long time, and it really hasn't transformed into Pro Bowl level talent. So, a lot of issues. Their schedule's not good. I mean, they're playing a last place schedule. They have the twenty eighth 
rank strength of schedule. So one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Yes, they got to play the Packers twice. That's two losses. They got to play the Lions or the uh, the Vikings twice. That's, that might be two losses. But I think they can beat the Bears. I said with the Bears, I think that the Lions might finish in third place this year. They might not be a last place team. Um, I think it might be close. Maybe it'll be a fantastic race, Trevor, for last place in this division. But if we're looking at a win total of yeah. <laughs> or projection of six or six and a half for the Lions, I don't see them getting to that. I think they'll win more than three games. I think they might win four or five. But I, I can't see them winning six or more games, not not with this team that they have on the field. Um, I think it's very similar to a team we saw last year, not a, not a lot of huge moves in the offseason. Um, I, I just can't feel comfortable saying that they're going to be a whole lot better because it's a very similar team. And as long as Jared Goff is leading your team, um, I think you're just striving for, for mediocrity. Yeah, and, and I mean, just the last thing to add, you, you mentioned the strength of schedule with that. Um, the Lions, you know, they'll have opportunities to win more games, and I think they will for that reason. Their strength of schedule is very poor. There's a lot of teams, a lot of games that will be winnable for them. It's just a matter of are they going to take them. So uh, we will see, but that's kind of the NFC North preview there. Uh, ben, any final thoughts on uh, the NFC North? No, I'm, I'm glad. We, we, we took a lot of time talking about the NFC North, but I think that's good. I think that this is probably the most in-depth we've gone on a division. Maybe it's because we only had two people. It, it was it was easier with, with only two people, less, less things to say between um, the group. But interesting division because of Devontae Adams, Les Packers, Vikings, new start, Bears, new start. Definitely some intrigue to this division. I mean, it's the NFL. There's always going to be intrigue. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. Um also, Trevor, we're 40 minutes into this podcast, and we've only had two topics to talk about. So, good, you know, credit to us. I guess that's why we have a podcast because we can talk about anything for as long as people will, will let us. Um, but I think we will wrap it up there. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you've stuck around to the end of this episode, we we greatly appreciate you always giving us the most valuable thing you have to offer, which is your time. In terms of the small baller po- podcast platform this week, we will have um, the AA team. Excuse me with. Um, I can't even think right now. The Aaron A team, sorry, Avery. with with Avery, and A- Avery and Aaron. Podcast. I was thinking, I know their names. I was thinking about what day they're going to release. <laughs> I, I think it's Aaron and Avery. I know A team. I'm, I was thinking, I think they release on Tuesdays. I could yeah. be wrong. It might be Wednesdays. I don't know. That's Brandon's thing. Tuesdays. Yes, yeah, the A A team with Aaron and Avery, um, coming out this week, and then on Thursday night, Friday morning, we will have a new Five Seconds of Fame podcast with myself, Trevor. Brandon and a special guest, a first-time guest on that podcast, somebody that if you've been listening to our other podcasts, you have heard before. So keep an eye out for that later this week. And then as always, um, next Sunday, we will have a brand new Small Baller podcast out with a special guest as well. So we got four people on the podcast on Thursday with us, Trevor. We got four people on Sunday for the podcast. A big week for the Small Ballers in terms of guests on the podcast. I'm excited. I can't wait. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. But I think that's the end of this week's schedule. That's the end of this episode today. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Falcons.